But today, they are coming back, and Pastor Chuck is ready to pick up where we left off with the life of Paul. So Crossroads, help us welcome our senior pastor, Chuck Booer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Super excited to be here with you and what we're going to dig into today. I can't wait. Uh, but I want to say a couple things. One, don't miss Spirit Week. October the 26th, I want to share some things with you. You'll want to know, and you don't want to know it late. You want to know it the night I share it. So make sure you're a part either here or online. And uh, I can't wait to do that with you. Also, I would love to meet you if I haven't had a chance to meet you. Today, we're having Brews with Booer. And if you're brand new, uh, we have Coors Light and Corona. No, not really. Uh, it's, it's coffee. Brews is a coffee. Uh, but, I, but up by the children's area, uh, I'd love to meet you. I'll be up there afterwards. Love to share with uh, a time of what God can do in all our lives together. But Pam and I just got back from uh, Thailand and Cambodia. And it was an incredible time there. And one of the things that I knew would happen and, and ended up turning out great is I ended up preaching four times every time I have to preach with an interpreter. So which can get a little, you know, it can, you, it, you don't know how things are going to go when you have an interpreter. Uh, but the Thai people, man, they loved the jokes. They loved the teaching. They loved all of it. And it worked out great. Uh, but I've had other times where interpreters did not work out so good. Once I was doing a wedding and the groom was marrying a wonderful, wonderful girl whose family was deaf. She was hearing, but her family was deaf and they went to an all deaf church, which meant, this is so cool, we're gonna have a wedding, 50% hearing, 50% deaf, uh, just coming together to celebrate. And so I came up with this idea. I said to, to John, the, the groom, I said, what if instead of me saying, who gives this woman to be married to this man? What if you sign it? And because uh, he was trying to learn sign language and he goes, oh, that's a great idea. And then the bride said to me, okay, you're gonna have to actually let my dad know during the rehearsal that we're doing this because in, in during the wedding, he's gonna be glued to you, Chuck. He'll never look over at John. And I said, oh, okay, so we'll do it. So we got into the rehearsal. Half the group is hearing, half the group is deaf. And so I got up and I said, at this point, I would normally say, who gives this woman to be married to this man, but right now, and then John turned and signed to her father. And all of a sudden, everybody's dying laughing who knew sign language. I mean, they're laughing hard because instead of saying, who gives this woman to be, or can I have your daughter as my wife? Instead of doing that, he texted, can I milk your cow? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes when you have interpretation, it doesn't go the way you think. By the way, that's actually life. In life, things don't always go the way we think they will. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes God has another plan. Why? Because God's ways are not our ways. And when you start thinking about the whole idea of the mission field, and we're talking about the Apostle Paul and how he went out to change the world on four different missionary journeys, uh, we begin to understand that when you let God lead, things go differently than you think, but they always go better than you think. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says this. It says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, I want you to know that this message is not just about Paul. It's for me. It's for you. That we need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to know God's Spirit is leading you and guiding you and showing you things. And so Paul would experience that. And God wants us to learn the lesson from Paul so we can experience that. 
Now, where we're at in Paul's life is this. He and Barnabas had gone out and planted churches, mainly amongst Gentile people. And now there was this great controversy in the church. Can Gentiles be Christians? And if they are Christians, do they have to follow the Jewish law? And Paul taught, no, they don't, uh, because we're under the grace of God and we're freed from the law, but we're bound to the principles of the law, not to the letter of the law. And it was controversy after controversy and fights were breaking out, uh, you know, in, in the midst of churches. And so what happened is they had the first council. It was called the Council of Jerusalem. And Paul and Barnabas go before the council, before the apostles, and they begin to share what they've been teaching, what God had put on their heart, what Jesus had taught Paul for over three years, one-on-one, -on -one, as he instructed Paul on the kind of life he should live and the message he should bring. And so what happens in that moment is James, the brother of our Lord, he actually said, no, this is what Jesus would want. And Peter agreed, and the other apostles agreed, and they gave them blessings saying, go out and share the message you're sharing, and let that not only be for the, the churches now, but for everybody to hear that we're saved by the grace of God, and we're not bound to the letter of the law. And so what happens is Paul and Barnabas are excited, they, get, they go back to the, the city of uh, Antioch, and they're there, and they're just thrilled, and then Paul begins to have this idea, a spirit-led idea, and look what it says in the book of Acts. It says this, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let's return and visit the brothers and sisters. Now notice what he's saying. Don't miss this. Here's his plan. Let's return and visit the brothers and sisters in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. In other words, I want to go on a, on a return visit to where we had just been before. And then it says Barnabas, though, wanted to take John called Mark along with them also. But Paul was of the opinion they should not take along them, with them this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And then it goes on to say, now it turned to such a sharp disagreement, sharp disagreement, that they separated from one another and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Uh, then it says, but Paul chose Silas and left after being entrusted by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he was traveling through Syria and Cilicia and strengthening the churches. What happened, though, is Paul said, let's go and do a return visit exactly on the path we were on before to the very cities we had gone to before. And then Barnabas said, that's a great idea, but let's make sure we take Mark with us, who would end up writing the book of Mark. Uh, and, and Paul said, no. We can't take him with us. Why? Because when the going got tough, Mark got going. He ended up deserting us. And I can't trust him. I can't be with him. And Paul could not let go of what Mark had done. And yet Barnabas, don't miss this, could not let go of Mark. Isn't it interesting that, that Barnabas was the one who actually embraced Paul when no one else would? He was the one who poured into Paul when no one else would. And now he's telling Paul, no, but we got to treat Mark the same way I treated you. And Paul, who had just been blessed with a message of grace, was not showing any grace at all. And it says they had such a sharp disagreement that the, wor the word in Greek actually means it was an intense argument, an intense argument. And, and the root word of that is actually to have sour wine. Now, what does that mean? Have you ever gotten to a fight with somebody that was so intense it made you sick to your stomach? You ever do that? That's what happened between these two church leaders. 
these two men who had just heard about grace and talked about grace. And now Barnabas is saying, let's show grace. And you know what is so sad? Is I think so many times people can't let go of the things we've done and who we've been. Have you, you have anybody like that in your life? Like they're always saying, well, we'll see if you really have changed. I don't think you've changed. And when you mess up, what do they do? Say, see, you're still that person. And I'm always warning people, if you think someone's gonna be perfect, you're always gonna be wrong. You know, nobody's perfect. Right? Would everybody agree no one's perfect? And you know what God teaches us is he wants to show us love and grace and then he wants us to show love and grace to others. And there's so many times that doesn't happen where people are living being chained to a past that Jesus wanted you to be set free from. The Bible says when you come to Christ, you're a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. Now, is someone immediately 100% perfect and new? You know, by the way, sometimes they are, but most of the time, it's a journey to get there. And I think there might be some of you right now, either online or in, here in the, in the room, who, you know what, you're holding something on that God doesn't want you to hold on to. You, maybe you're the person who can't let it go. You can't get over the failure you've had or the sin you've committed. And yet God is saying, no, 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 grace says you're not that person anymore. Uh, repentance, by the way, I always love this because so often someone will say, you don't preach repentance. And I'm like, I always preach repentance. Repentance means you can change. And it's a beautiful word. See, they want me to yell, repent like you're a horrible person. I want to tell you what the word repent means. Come and be the person God wants you to be because you can change. You can change. Yeah. And right now, that's so important. We're going to take the time to give anybody here or anybody online the opportunity to say yes to a God who loves you so much. He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you so that you could have a relationship with him. You could know his grace. You could actually begin to change. Right now, are some of you here and you're thinking, man, man, there's people in life who just can't let go of what I did. They can't let go of who I've been. They can't let it go. And you know what God says? I don't want to let you go. I want to let that go, but I don't want to let you go. And you know what? We're for you. The church here is for you. And we're believing God has great things for you. Maybe you can't let it go. And God's saying, let that go, but I'll never let you go. And right now, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, if you're ready to find his love, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And it starts by just saying yes to God's invitation of love and, and, and acceptance. By the way, the Bible says you're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted in Christ. And I want you to, to accept him. Maybe some of you need to recommit your life to the Lord. You've gotten off. You did, Paul, by the way, blew it here. Paul blew it big time by how he treated Mark. You know, later on, when Paul would write 2 Timothy, he would say, hey, it, it's his last letter he'll ever write before he dies. And he says, hey, make sure and bring Mark to me because he's so useful. You know why? He had it wrong. He had it wrong. But praise God, he finally repented and got it right. But right now, you can get it right. You can have that happen. So let's pray. And if you love the Lord, pray for people to open their hearts to Jesus right now. Lord Jesus, we know that you call for us to come to you, not earning our way, not having to pay for anything we've done, 
but just accepting your love and your grace. And for someone who's sitting here right now and there's somebody in their life that just keeps bringing up the past. They keep bringing up their failure. They keep telling them they're no good. They're never gonna change. I pray today they would let go of those lies. I pray they would allow themselves to understand that they can let go and you want them to let go of all those things so they could be a new creation. And it's all based, Lord, on what you did on the cross. You died for our sins because we sinned. So I pray right now you would touch anybody who needs to open their heart to you. Here or online, you touch them, Lord. Right now, I want to lead that prayer. And if you're ready to say yes to the Lord, it's time. It's time to do it. Don't wait. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus. Actually whispered, Lord Jesus. I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. Please forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. Please heal me from hurt and from pain. And please free me. Think about these words. Free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. And most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. And I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God if you prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer and you're online, text amen to 77247. Right now, do that. Text amen to 77247. But if you're here in the room or you're out on the patio, If you prayed that prayer, it's a time of change and you need to do something to make that even more special, to let it go deeper. So we're gonna stand and sing. And if you prayed that prayer in you minute, I'm gonna ask you to make your way to the stairs or make your way to the aisle or make your way in the building and walk down one of these aisles and let us greet you and then head to this room we call the living room. And in there, we're gonna give you a Bible and share some next steps, but something happens when you make that walk. Something changes inside you. It's like you're walking away from all the old to be that brand new person. And if you want to grab someone's hand and say, come with me, you can. But it's time for a change. It's time for this to occur. So if you prayed the prayer, come. If you wished you prayed the prayer, come. If you still feel God moving in you, the Spirit leading you to come, come. Let's stand together. If God's calling you, come. a love that silence fear for all dismayed there is a hope that shines a light through darkest days there is a peace that calms the storms when chaos reigns the father's heart is pouring
Praise God and you can be seated. So it's not good. This disagreement, this collision of wills is not good. This lack of grace is not good. But here's the thing you need to know is God in the end causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's what it says in Romans 8, 28, uh, which I love. It says, and we know that God causes all things, even a messing up, even the mistakes you make, even the failures you've had, even the conflict you went into that wasn't healthy to work together for good for those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So what happens? Paul and Barnabas separate, and Barnabas takes Mark, and he goes in one direction, and Paul goes in another. And I want you to look at this on a map and see what it looks like. So here was there what Paul said, I want to go here. Here's the plan. We're going to go just to these cities, and we're going to end up uh, uh, seeing how everybody's doing and encouraging the people we, we help. But because of the separation, and because the Holy Spirit gets in charge, it changes, and look what it turns into. Instead of just going here, they end up going here. In other words, do you see that it's bigger? I mean, it's just like you can't miss how much bigger it is. See, what happened is, is uh, Barnabas and Mark end up going this direction. And then Paul goes this direction. And then at one point, he's like, I want to go up here. But the Holy Spirit says, nope, you're not going up there. You got to go here. Why? Because he would end up going to all these other places. Uh, so what would happen is Athens would hear the Lord. Corinthians would hear the Lord. The Thessalonians would hear the Lord. Uh, Philippi, uh, there would be a girl freed from sex trafficking there. And so God had this bigger plan for Paul and for Barnabas that they didn't even know. So now Barnabas is going in all this direction, reaching people. Paul and Silas are all up here and they end up finding Timothy, by the way, and, and getting involved in all this. But the point I don't want you to miss is it ends up being bigger and better. So when you and I understand what God wants us to do, we understand that too. It ends up being bigger and better, but it's got to be spirit led. You got to be willing to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And how do you want me to operate? So again, notice Paul starts going in this direction, but what happens is God begins closing doors and opening doors. Uh, but every time he does something cool happens. Look what it says in Acts and it talks about Paul's journey. It says, and we know that God, or not the next verse, they passed through the Fajurian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So isn't it interesting? The Holy Spirit said, no, no, no. I don't want you going up to that area. The one I showed you is blocked off. You're not to go there right now. Why? Because if you go the direction I want you to go, you're going to reach more people. The Corinthian church will begin. Uh, you'll do stuff in Athens and Mars Hill that'll shake the whole world of your day. And you've got to do that. Thessalonica church would start. It says, and after they came to Mycenae, they were trying to go into Bithynia. That's that area I showed you was blocked off. And the spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. So God began to direct them on a bigger journey, a better journey, a more outstanding journey than they could imagine. Then look at verses nine and 10. It says this, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So I wanna go back to that map and have you see again what happened. See, Paul wanted to go here. And God said, well, if you go up there, the trip stops. 
And then, and then Paul said, well, I really just wanted to do this. And God said, no, that's not big enough. I want you to go to places you never thought of. I want you to go and, 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 and begin to touch lives like you can't imagine. I want you to go and, and make a difference that would actually reach all the way into Europe. Now, the first converts are going to happen in Europe. I want you to establish churches in places you never thought about. And, and God said, look what I want you to do. It's bigger, it's bigger, it's bigger. But you need to be led by my Holy Spirit. So sometimes the Spirit gets you going one way. Get ready. This is for you and me. So here's you and me. The Holy Spirit gets you going one way, and all of a sudden, like you hit roadblocks, and you're like, what is going on? By the way, a lot of frustration in life, believe it or not, it's the Holy Spirit saying, nope, you're in the wrong spot. And you know what? As a believer, get ready. And you just start looking around going, okay, is this a, a closed door? If it is, then God's going to open a door somewhere else. You ever hear that? You know, by the way, if God closes a door, he opens a window. Uh, so, so there's always another place to go. But you got to let the Spirit lead you and guide you. And be aware that God's timing and my timing might not be the same for you. Even the bad things God will use. Uh, I'll never forget, I was coming down the stairs in a house we lived in. And I look over and there's a girl sitting at a, our dining room table who I didn't know was coming over. And Pam and her are talking and she's very emotional and she's crying because everything in life had gone wrong. She was in an abusive relationship and she couldn't believe that it had gone that bad and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, and Pam was ministering to her and praying with her and caring for her. And I didn't realize how that girl was going to change our lives. How, how God was going to take her brokenness and turning it into something good. And uh, God ended up making it bigger and bigger and bigger than any of us could imagine. And I want you to see her story. In 2007, I found myself in a very, very difficult marriage. I was looking for a way to heal in any way possible. If that meant with him or if that meant apart from him, I just, I wanted so badly to heal. In 2007, I was doing hair, very successful. I was in a salon, great clientele, celebrities, runways, fashion shows, photo shoots. And it was honestly incredible. It's the life that I always dreamed about having. I also felt very, very empty while I was doing it. So I was in my career, not feeling great. I heard Chuck Brewer was coming back and I jumped, dove headfirst into ministry. My sister-in-law, Ashley, got me involved with Global Outreach. So I signed up for the Kenya team and I was so scared. I had no idea what I was doing, but it truly was the turning point of my life. So I'm in Kenya with the team, having an incredible time. We're in the slums, working with all of these incredibly beautiful children where I sponsor a child. I sponsor two children there. Lisa Mitchison, who's the director of Global Outreach, she came to me and said, hey, I need to go to a meeting. I need you to come with me. Like, I shouldn't be going by myself, so I really need you to come with me. Lisa said, Mary, our team has raised a lot of extra money for this trip. Mary is the director of Missions of Hope International. What is something that, that this community needs that we can help provide. And Mary's sitting there, she closes her eyes and she puts her, her hands on her face and she said, for five years, all I have wanted to do is build a beauty school. For five years, I have been wanting this. The women in this community need it. And Lisa and I were sitting next to each other in the car going, 
did you know about this? I didn't know about this, what's going on? And so we ended up bringing Mary into it and I said, hi, I've been doing hair for over a decade at this point. I would absolutely love to help you build a beauty school. So the following year, I ended up going, building a beauty school in Nairobi, Kenya. And since then, I've been to Brazil, Mexico, Uganda, Thailand, Cambodia, India. I've been to all these places to help build beauty schools for women in these same situations. So I've been all over the world helping start and develop these beauty schools everywhere. And then I get a phone call from my best friend Kaylee, and she had been serving in Thailand with a ministry that was working with children who had come out of domestic violence situations and sexual exploitation. And she called me up and was like, hey, I don't know where you're at in the world right now, but you need to come here. You need to come here and you need to start another beauty school project here. There are women for sale by the thousands in the red light district, and this is nothing that I've ever seen. And so I said, wow, I gotta get there. So I packed up and I went to Thailand and I never left. I didn't have a university degree. I'm divorced. I had nothing going for me in the way of saying that, oh yes, this person could be the founder of a global nonprofit organization, nothing. It took me a long time. It took me a long time to finally get to the point of like, no, I do have the right qualifications. And even if I didn't have the right qualifications, God would give them to me. The laborers are so few that God ultimately just wants to take the willing. He wants to take people who are ready to go and who are ready to say yes. And then, then world change gets to happen. Sheer Love has been in operation now for seven years, and I've been running it globally for that long, alongside our incredible team who helps write our curriculum and teach all of our students. And in the past seven years, we've seen more than 1,500 people have an education in beauty, in barbering, to be able to provide for their families in a dignified manner. That is absolutely incredible, and that's nothing that I thought that I could ever be a part of, let alone lead out. Ultimately, I would choose obedience over comfort all day long. Truly, it's just because I said yes. So Crossroads, we were the instrumental organization or church or church family that got behind Diana um, and said, look, we want to end sex trafficking. We want to make a difference in it. And so what happened is it ended up being bigger than anything we could imagine. I want you to look at this right now. Is uh, Pam and I uh, got an opportunity to go and see Diana in this area right here called Patia. Now Patia is actually a place that is one of the capitals of sex trafficking in all the world. Uh, there are tourist industries built on men and women going there to, to have prostitution. Um, and so thousands and thousands of people are trapped. And so when Diana went there, it's not just about getting them out. It's about giving them a future. You got you to give them a livelihood. And so are you ready for this? Since Diana's gone, over 1,500 men and women have been set free from sex trafficking. And now are, yeah, it, it just, and I cannot, I want to say this too. Please don't tune me out. I walked up to person after person and when they heard the word crossroads, they looked at me and they got emotional, I mean emotional, and they said, you saved my life. Those aren't just words. You saved my life. And the other thing they said a lot of times is you gave me a new life. This one very beautiful, beautiful girl, uh, woman, uh, I, I ended up coming, uh, opportunity to meet her, and she said those words, you saved my life. And I found out that what happened is for six years, just so her kids would have food, she was a, a prostitute. She was a, a being trafficked. 
And so she would go out every night and she would be used and abused. By the way, I think that something that I never had thought about before, maybe you have, her body wasn't made to take that kind of abuse. Every woman in here, your body was not made to go through that kind of physical torture. And she did it every single night, seven days a week, so her children could have food. Even worse, get ready for this, when she got dressed up, her little boys watched her as she went out and they saw her come home ravaged. And they would see this day after day. Day after day, that was the life these little children lived. And then what happened is one of the people went to rescue her and when Diana met with her, Diana thought, I can't take her in the program, she's too rebellious. She had become street tough. But then someone got a hold of Diana and said, no, 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 you're missing it. This, this one's special. And Diana said, okay, I'm going to listen to you. It was kind of a Paul Barnabas moment. And she took her in. And that, that girl today, that, I call her a girl. She looks so young. She looks so innocent. She looks so sweet, so joyous. None of that was true before. You guys, she's, she's a different person today. And uh, one of my favorite moments is she kept going up and hugging Pam. She would hug Pam over and over, and she just said, I just feel so warm inside when I get to hug you. And you know what? Is She's alive today. She now has three kids, and her kids don't watch her mom get dressed up to do that. They watch her mom thriving in the beauty industry. And she ended up reaching out to her sister, and her sister got out. And now she and her sister want to open a salon that they use for ministry to reach girls. Uh, one of those salons in Padia, in this area right here, is right in the middle of one of the worst streets. And so we went to that salon and we went inside and a lot, almost all, uh, it, it, all their clientele are, are women who are being trafficked. They're in the bars all over. And when you see them, it is so out of this world gross because you just see them sitting in groups. None are talking to each other. None are laughing. They're sitting there and you can see how dead they are. And uh, you know what? Then they go into the salon and they get loved on. And there's a, a safe room they can go into that no men are allowed in. where they can, they, And it has worship music pl 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 uh, playing. And, and they have opportunities to be ministered to. And, and, and they get to go in there and, and, and they can be safe at any moment. If a guy begins to get too rough with them, they can flee to the salon and be safe. And uh, they get witnessed to all the time and they get opportunities to come out. And so it's right in the heart of all this, this demonic kind of activity and, and it's all happening right there. And, and so if you ever ask the question, does it make a difference? The answer is yes, it makes a difference uh, because now 1,500 people aren't living that life anymore and counting. By the way, we went from Padia to Phnom Penh. So Phnom Penh is in Cambodia. And we met with a group of people who are in a ministry we help support called AIM. Uh, it's bigger than us. We're just one of the many supporting organizations. Uh, matter of fact, for all you who are baseball fans, Albert Pujols actually gives money to this. And his wife built a gym for them uh, called the Lord's Gym uh, that's there, uh, which is just incredible. But we got to go there and, and I got to meet Eric. Now, Eric was a high-up official in the Scottish Police Department or Police and Law Enforcement who left that because God called him to leave it after he went on a trip, and he leads the, what they call the SWAT team. 
And the SWAT team actually has, has, because of Eric, they now have an agreement with the Cambodian government and they actually have Cambodian police officers that are assigned only to him. And whenever they hear someone's being trafficked, they go in to rescue them. They do all the investigation. They go in and rescue them. They have attorneys that represent them in court uh, because a lot of them, they have debt hanging over them and they've been used as blackmail and they get them totally free from that. But what happened is this, and I, I don't know if this is gonna register for you, but, but I'm driving in this van and we turn onto the street that I'd already been told about and it wasn't the street. Now why? Because five years ago, if you turned on that street, it was a dirt road and all along the street were little girls, especially dressed in pajamas that men would buy, little girls. Um, some were put in cages and little boys too. And, and it was one of the, the main places in all the world that pedophiles would go to, to do that to kids. When we turn the street, the street is now paved. Not one child was on it. When we go down the street, there isn't any children there, yeah, that are being used that way. Now, when I say there were children, they're playing. They actually get to be kids, riding bikes and having fun, and, 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 and it's all cleaned up. And so I, I, was, I said to Eric, I can't believe the difference. I was bracing myself for what I was about to see. And he goes, Chuck, We've almost eradicated completely that industry. You know, when you say, does it work? Let me tell you, it works. It's, it's being wiped out and the Cambodian government is for it. They don't want it anymore. And they move quickly on anybody who's even trying to do anything like that. And so this area has been transformed today because of churches like ours that pooled together and got behind them and now they're free. Now, the bummer is there's still sex trafficking and there's still more work to do. But let me just say it again. It's working, it's working, it's working. And then we went from Phnom Penh to Siem Reap. Uh, and up there, we got to go into some of the most incredible areas imaginable. Uh, it had just had a horrific rain because it's monsoon season. And so we waded through water uh, that, that it, I won't go into what it looked like. Anyway, uh, but to get to areas that were so impoverished, I couldn't believe it. But their kid, they, they, they have a kids club and the kids are just coming in and coming in and coming in and they're worshiping the Lord and talking about Jesus and, and they get quality food and, and the care and I'm watching it all happen, you know, and it just makes such a huge difference in what's going on here. And so everywhere we went, we saw the hand of God. Everywhere we went, we saw things happening I couldn't believe. Coming back here, let me tell you about this. There's a beach area in Padia, because you notice they're right on the ocean. There's a beach area in Padia, and uh, boys line up, or young men, to sell themselves. By the way, one of the things I was told was the vast majority of them are not truly gay. They call it gay for pay. And so they sell themselves. And one of the young guys was standing there and two women walked up to him. And they shocked him by handing him some condoms. And he said, what's this for? And they said, well, I don't think you have any. And he said, no. And she, they said, well, we, you know what? We just want you to be protected. And when he looked at the condoms, he noticed something in it and he pulled it out and there was a card. And he said, what's this? And the women looked at him and said, if you ever want to be free, if you ever want a new life, you call this number. And he handed him the card and said, I want a new life. What do I do? 
And so the women took him. Now, this to me is incredible. They took him for ice cream. He was just this young guy who had never really had ice cream. Never had a mom who did that for him. And they're sitting there talking to him about how he can be free. And uh, he said, what are your names? And so the one girl said her name. And the other one looked right at him. He said, I want you to call me Mama Jen. And he said, at that moment, he felt like for the first time, I got a mom. Just in that moment. And she said, I want you to know I'm here because I want to see something change in your life. And so he said yes. And he actually joined the salon. He now has risen up to where he trains people. He, did, he, he trained the girls to do Pam's hair. And uh, so I, I don't want to get too far off. But Pam has what we call a shadow root. I didn't even know what that was. Some of you know. But they were all excited to give it to her. But she's in her 60s. <laughs> and they gave her a hairstyle like Kim Kardashian. Um, <laughs> But this guy's an expert in that. He's an expert in coloring, an expert in, in perms and all those things. And, and he can train others. But he's just, when you meet him, he's so alive. He's so excited. He's so <clears throat> uh, filled with joy. And he, he's earning money. And he didn't have to go back to that lifestyle. And Jen, Mama Jen, is Jennifer Vargas, who's the wife of Joe Vargas, one of our elders. She said yes to going on a trip. She said yes to going outside her comfort zone and going to be a part of changing a life. And now this young guy's life is eternally changed. And I want to say this. Had she not gone, who knows what would have happened to him. But she said yes and she went. Now I'm going to get real serious. Everybody here needs to say yes. The question isn't, should you go? The question is where and when. You, you can, we, have, we have things in this country you can go to. Uh, you can go to Mexico. You can go to Padilla and Phnom Penh. And, and I'll tell you what, you're gonna experience God. You can go to Nairobi, Kenya and the outlying areas of Kenya. You can go and experience God in a way you can't imagine. But just like Paul, Paul had to go. And when Paul went, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I believe with all my heart, every person in Crossroads needs to go. You need to go and experience God. You need to be go and used by God. And if some of you are saying, man, I just don't want to go. Guess what? I didn't want to go. But I am so glad I went. God changed me. God moved me. I've never gone on a global outreach trip where God didn't change me where I didn't hear God better, where something more didn't happen. And you know what? I, I want to tell you, we will work with you. We will get you there. Uh, we will make sure that you have the best training possible. I think the training alone is worth signing up, by the way. Because uh, you're going you're gonna to experience God even in the training. But you got to go. So the question is, when should you go? And many of you, I hope, are going to go this year. And where should you go? And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Let the Spirit of God lead you. Pray about it. And if you're saying, no, this isn't the message for me, guess what? More than ever, it's the message for you. This is your moment. This is your time. This could happen. And by the way, if you're watching online, all you need to do is text GO, GO, G-O, to 77247. We'll start getting information to you. 
Uh, if you're here in the, in, with us today, we have a table out there. And by the way, some of the sheer love people are there. You can uh, meet them and meet Lisa and all the others. And, and we want to have you start saying, okay, God, where and when, where and when do I go? And, and make a decision to go. Now, let me stop for a second and say, while I want everyone to go, I want to talk to the men. We, we always have a ton of women going. Where's the men? Why, men need to step up. You need to get out there. And by the way, you can be used in a bigger way than you know. Because, man, those kids need to see godly men show up. And what about, are some of the men in here ready to say, I'm going to show up? I'm going to show up for God and do that. And so I'm going to tell you, you got to do it. And, and you might say, Chuck, why? Why are you so passionate? Let me tell you, because I'm your pastor and I love you and I know it's the best thing for you. I really know it's the best thing for you. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's something amazing ready to happen in your life. And so, you know what, is I'm going to ask you to really pray about it and think about it. And uh, again, the prayer isn't, should I go? It's, Lord, where should I go? And when should I go? Uh, for some of you, it'll transform your marriage to go together. Uh, for some of you, uh, it, it's going to cause you to have friendships you never thought you could have. Uh, if you're as part of our single group, single people who attend our church, you're going to end up closer to people than you can imagine. Uh, but it's going to get you close to God. It's going to change your life. And I really, really want you to do that. I really want you to do that. So let me pray for you right now. Father, I pray right now for every man and woman in this room that they wouldn't miss out on what you have for them. They wouldn't miss out on, on the life-changing experience they could have and the lives they could change because it'll make a difference if they go. It'll make a difference in the lives of people. They're gonna love them. They're gonna experience them. They're gonna meet a, a people from another culture and yet feel like family. And so I pray right now that everybody here is not gonna say no. They're gonna say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, to going. Yes, Lord, to where you want them to go and when you want them to go. Some need to go to the Holy Land. Some need to go to Kenya. Some need to go uh, to the Thailand, Cambodia area. Some need to go to Mexico. Some need to be used by you at Royal Family Kids Camp here in this area to touch the lives of foster children. But God, I pray, I pray everybody here is gonna say yes to going. And so I pray that even today, many, many, many are gonna say they're gonna go this year. They're gonna go to one of the trips that are gonna start happening in February and in, in the summer and then in September. And so I pray that they're gonna open themselves up to that. So Lord, use our church to change your world and to make that change real and powerful. And I pray, Lord, as more and more people go, you would magnify the effect we're having. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so after church today, stop out there and, and we'd love to have you go. By the way, again, if you're brand new, I'll be up by the children's area and we would love to have you there. Let's stand together and I wanna give you a blessing. May you go led by the spirit of God. May you go having God's love and joy upon you. May you go knowing you were made by God to make a difference in an incredible way. And may you go, may you go in his in his guidance and power. God bless you and have a great day.